and powerful are going to dig it. <clears throat> I got everything. I got everything. I cannot complain. I cannot. I don't even know how much I really made. I forgot. It's a lot. Never mind what I got, boy. Don't watch that, because I came up. That's all me. Stay true. That's all me. No help. That's all me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Generation of Wrestling Podcast. As always, is yours truly, the 27-year-old piece of gold franchise, a.k.a. the showstopper, better known as the G.O.W.'s resident tribal chief. And with me, as always, I got my tag team partner, my brother, my family, me and Mano. He is the flyest in the room, Mr. One, Two, Three. Pin that ass down, K-Breezy, better known as Tuco Kimbro, a.k.a. Stephen A. Kimbro. But today, I got another one. It's Kimbro Domus in the building. How you doing, brother? <laughs> Uh man, look here. Don't don't put that on me yet. <laughs> I, I, I'ma stop talking. <laughs> that, that's what's up. I'ma stop talking. Uh no, nah, man. What's good, man? Uh, you know, just uh, you know, getting off the grind, you know, getting ready for this for the show, man. AW uh the fallout from full gear. Uh so you know, ready to talk about it. All right, man. Well look. With that being said, so you know, the first thing the first segment of the night we had Taz, he came out and cut a promo. I said, Whew. I ain't gonna lie, this is a pretty damn good promo on Darby Allen and Cody. He put over Brian Cage, uh, and then that ended up leading us to our first match of the night, man. It was Brian Cage versus Matt Seidel. One little interesting tidbit that I didn't know that Taz enlightened me on was that Matt Seidel actually holds a uh, victory over Jericho. Did not know that. Uh, yeah. so this person, I, I don't. I'm thinking he may be talking about WWE because I didn't even know they wrestled on the AEW unless that was on the dark. But I don't but see I, Jericho. I, on I, dark. Right. I was about to say, I don't see Jericho wrestling on dark. So, uh, oh, all right, whatever. <laughs> right, right. So, all right, man. So, first up, like I said, we got Brian Cage versus Matt Seidel. Uh, you know what? I was not interested in it uh, when I heard who Brian Cage is going up against. And then the actual match happened. And then I was like, oh, oh. Damn, okay. So this so, so this Matt Seidel, you know, he wasn't slipping off the ropes on this shoe star presses. You know, this one he was crisp, he was crisp, clean, cool, calm, and collected. This was actually a really good match. Brian Cage, I like watching Brian Cage work with smaller guys. Uh it almost reminds me kind of like Brock Lesnar, where to me, you know, Brock seemed like he's at his best when he's fighting smaller guys. And then you got a guy like Brian Cage who's super athletic, super big as hell, but he can move like a small guy. Too cold, man. What did you think of this match between the machine, Brian Cage, and Matt Seidel? Um, I will like you instantly when it when it uh when they announced it, uh I'm like, oh, squash match. Okay. All right. And then they show like, yeah, he's been wrestling, he's been in AEW, you know, he's been winning matches. I'm like, damn, he's he's been wrestling on dark. Like, I didn't even know they signed him. I thought that was just like a one-off thing that they were doing, you know, uh for the battle royal. Uh, but like you said, when the match started, you know, Seidel showed up, you know, he, he, you know, he showed it. He ain't no mistake. He he knows what he's doing in that ring. Um, if you stay healthy, you know, there's a bright future for him. I mean, you know, people have thought that before, but maybe something will happen a little better for him now than, you know, before. But uh, the match overall, it, it was a pretty good match. It, it was better than what I expected. Like I said, I expected a squash match. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Uh, nice to see Cage getting out there and getting some rest, getting some time. I I, I want to see him wrestle more and not just being a, a you know a piece on the stage when Taz is talking. 
Yeah. And then uh, after that, man, you know what? So it was it was one move in particular. Actually, it was the move that ended the match. The drill claw when uh, Matt Seidel, I like how he was going for that flipping neck breaker and the angle that Cage caught him. I was like, oh, that was like perfect. Like right. I, when they showed the replay, I didn't realize how clean he caught him. I'm like, all right, all right, this yeah. dude is true. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. That was that. Yeah. That was good. Cause, <clears throat> cause you know, uh, you know, AW has a lot of, you know, when they do go for moves like that, man, they don't always tend to go the way, you know, they, they're supposed to. So to see this actually work out and, you know, I'm like, okay, that was a nice little finish. That was a little, some, you know, some different, a guy get caught like that in mid air yeah. and then, you know, put right into his power move. Uh, yeah. So I, that, that was like, Oh, nice little, like nice little surprise, but uh, like I said, good match. And then you know, after the match, and then after the match, you got Ricky Starks. He cut a post-match promo. He's saying that you know they're both officially ranked. So Cage is ranked number four. You know, absolute Ricky Starks is ranked at number five, and that they have their sights officially set on the TNT Championship. All right, next up, segment I, two. I you know where I've been working for that. I feel like man, you know, they should have went after the tag. Like I, and I, I'm glad they're in yeah. the rankings, which they you know they should be, but um. I, I don't want both of them going after the TNT championship. Like, Cage should try to position himself back into the, you know, AEW pitcher. You know, eventually he's not going to get it right now, but, you know, he can kind of work his way for that, you know, and let Ricky Stark kind of go back and forth with Darby Allen. Because if you actually put a little bit more to it, maybe this rivalry can actually, you know, be something and not just kind of the fall off that it was. Like, it wasn't bad, you know, what they were doing before, but – Everything they were doing just kept leading to Darby Allen getting injured and him out for like weeks. And then he was out for months. So it's like, you know, let's let's take away that and actually make this about the in-ring work. And and maybe it could be better than what it was. Yeah, I mean, I definitely share that same thing with you. I definitely I would rather see them right now for the time being. I mean, Brian Case, even though it's not recognized, you already got the championship on your waist, the FTW title. So I would like yeah, to see it's the FTW title, though. That's the thing. Yeah, but like you said, I would I would like for now, I would like to see them go, like you said, for the tag team titles. I think they will make a great uh set of tag team champions in my book. I think they there's a couple different matches, you know, that you could you could work with, especially with the difference in sizes and styles. But all right, man. So we got to still do the singles, like and they and they should still do singles, like they shouldn't stop, you know, being single star, but you know, just do more tags and just showcase each other, you know. I that's the one thing I like about AEW, you know, even though there are a lot of tag teams, but you you giving guys opportunity. They're two guys along with Taz, you can definitely give them more of a more time to. Right. All right. So this this segment, man, uh it was interesting. It was interesting to say the least. So we had Cody come out. Uh he said that he and Arn they will not end up, you know, putting in a rematch at this time for Darby Allen's TNT championship. And he was in the middle of saying, you know, he wants to revisit an old rivalry. That being the former MJF. There's some random lady who popped up on the screen out of nowhere, who we would then find out who name was Jade Cargill. She came out, she interrupted Cody. Uh, is this her promo? I, I'm going to break it down piece by piece. Her promo, it, it wasn't bad, but you could tell she was nervous it reminded me because it was so out of nowhere. It reminded me with Britt Baker when she had that promo on Jericho's cruise and it just went over everybody's head. Cause like, no, it just came out of nowhere. This is where I felt this was. 
I didn't know who you were. Cody was not even having anything remotely close to doing anything with you. And then you came out. And then, like I said, her promo was just super long-winded. It seemed like she was waiting for her marks, but it was just taking entirely too long to get from point A to point B. And then when she made the reveal, it, the time had just passed. The time had passed. Uh, she said, you know, uh, she knows a thing or two about Giants. Long story short, the promo pretty much summed it up that Shaq will have something to do in the near future with AEW and Cody, whatever that may be. And we'll see. The thing that stood out to me about this promo, though, was Brandy Rose. She sounded like she sounded like a grandma in one of the Tyler Perry movies. <laughs> um, yeah. Too cold, yes. man. What do you think about this? Yeah. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Yep. That, that's what I think of it. Because. Uh, yeah, she she you could tell she was nervous. You could tell she was waiting for her marks. Uh Cody tried to he tried his best, I think, trying to coach her through it, but uh yeah, just yeah, I it, it whatever whatever shock value it was supposed to bring, it it never showed up. Okay. Yeah. Uh and then to finally hear that it's Shaq. You know, it's not even a real wrestler. Like, damn, I'm like, like, what? Damn, who the AW to sign now? Like, who they got? Who they about to, you know, present now? But Shaq, I'm, I'm, I, um, yeah, it's like, oh, I just, I just wasted my time. I could have fast forward. Oh, I said because so could have fast forward. I thought Cody was gonna set something up. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in what he was about to say than her coming out. And it, it just, it went on too long. It, it, it I wish she would have just. Cut what most of what she said in half, just stick to the key points of what she needed to say, and then it could have been over. And then he could have finished off whatever he was gonna say. Cause again, I, I kind of want to know what direction Cody's finna go in. He's not going after the TNT championship. So what are you finna do? So to me, that was the more interesting angle. Uh, but yeah, that was just and oh and, and she slapped uh uh Brandy on the booty. Uh <laughs> So you know, it, it like I said, it got real, it got real hood and ratchet, real fast, real, real, real fast. Um, and, and, and you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this. I, 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 I was kind of so look, so look. You kind of liked person, it, but it was like, oh no. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like you know, as a, as a black person, you know, I was I was looking at the channel like, damn man, TNT having a field day with this shit, all the stereotypes. But then, once again, as a black person. I was like, damn, I can relate to this. <laughs> you know, she came out. She came out. That hey, 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 that's a black woman defending her man right there. I mean, okay, so that's, and that's what I saw it as. This was just, okay, this is a black chick, you know, new, coming out, talking shit. You know, she, you know, she's, she's new. She says Shaq is coming. And then Brandy Rose come out. For me, uh, Brandy should have been came out like you should have been stopped half this promo. If you would have cut her off after she said half the stuff she was saying, you should have been came like out to the ring. Right. She should have came out to the ring. So it's like I it, that right there was kind of lame. And then when she started talking to her, like you said, she 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 cussed her out like an old 
uh, grandmama. She was, <laughs> she called her a heifer, and <laughs> she, <laughs> she, I don't know, man. It, it, but I understood it. Like I, I knew exactly what I was watching. This was like, ah, oh, this is what they doing. And then she got okay. this magical southern accent. Like, where did you get this right. from? <laughs> right. I'm like, well, she I ain't hanging around with Cody. Uh, but uh, I, it. Yeah, man, it just—it was like I understood what it was, but and I give her a props for coming out and defending her man. But I feel like she should have came out and cut her off before she got to the stage. She should have cut. She should have came out and cut her off while she was still in the ring, and then Cody could have been there, you know, to kind of be the mediator in between. Um, and that you still could have had Cage come out, you know, and and attack Cody from behind, and then that would have set up everything else that happened, but. Yeah, I, I'm. I blame Brandy for this one. You should have came out earlier. You you should have came out about seven, eight minutes prior to all of that, and and maybe that would have salvaged some of that. But but yeah, uh, it was uh, it was just it caught me off guard, just like the Jericho and MJF sing along. <laughs> it, it, yeah. it was one of those things that happened, and it was like, oh, okay, it. Uh, mm, Okay, and then that was it. That that's it. There's an eh, I, I understand it. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, that's it. I like I all right. I okay, I got it. And she got to her. Oh, she dogged her out. So Brandy about to fight this girl with Shaq and Cody. I'm like, uh, what? Are, so what are they about to set up? I, I don't you, know, know. you know what? Something is telling me I shouldn't be interested in this, but for some reason I am. I don't know why. I you know curiosity killed the cat. It's wrestling, man. That's why. All right, so then after that, man, we got Mox. He cuts a promo. Uh, he says that he realized on Saturday that he can't quit. He won't quit. He realized that, you know, this championship is, you know, for the disenfranchised. This is for people that's been affected by this pandemic. This is for the people, man, who can't go to work and do what they love every single day. He's realized the importance of it now. And he says, Kenny Omega, good luck. We find out that next, excuse me, not next week, on uh, December 2nd, excuse me, December 2nd, we got Kenny Omega, the cleaner, versus Mox in the AEW championship match. It will be a traditional wrestling match. So, you know, we've seen what these guys can do in a hardcore setting. Yeah, we've we seen what these guys can do in a hardcore setting. Now we get to see these two guys, man, just going to traditional, you know what I'm saying, that 20 by 20, too cold, man. Hey, Kenny Omega, he said later in the show, I'm going to bring it up now. He said, you know, fans have been asking for that five-star, that six-star, that seven-star Kenny Omega. He said, you know what? I was just playing my role, but now, now it's time to go ahead and it's time to turn that thing on, become the man I need to be. Let's lead the company, be on all the magazine covers. So tell me, too cold, are you ready to see Mox versus the cleaner? I am, but it was the fact that he said Moxley was in my place. You're in all the wrestling magazines. You're labeled as the best, and you're you're this and you're that, and that's where I should be. And I'm coming to take that. And I and I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm liking this. And now I'm thinking to myself and I'm pondering because I'm like, uh, do I want to give this early prediction now or do I want to wait? And I'm going to wait because I am not sure. I want to say Omega. I want to say Omega is taking the championship off Moxley. But I can see them maybe furthering it one more time because this isn't a pay-per-view. OK, this is a TV this is a, this is on TV, which I'm not mad about because, you know, because the way they do uh, pay-per-views. So to do a championship match like this on live TV is kind of cool. Uh, the ratings will 
you know, that's that's their benefit. They have to have great ratings. That already is going to give you a million views. You're going to get a million views for that yeah. match alone. Anything yeah. else you plan, that depends if the rest of the show get a million views, you know, if, if a few million people watch it. But announcing that match for that date, you've already said that everybody's going to tune in to watch this match. This might this might be off the chart numbers as far as ratings. Yeah, we will. We'll, we'll see about that. Um Part of me kind of thinks that Moxley may win to kind of further that cleaner uh, character for Omega, that heel turn. I'm not to say that he won't be that by the time we get to December 2nd, but I, but for the but for the most part, like I'm on percentage wise, I'm mostly May Omega winning and being AEW champion uh, by December 2nd uh, and and knocking Moxley off. So I, I I'm not mad about it. I just if they're going to actually have a good wrestling match, I really hope it's a great match because then I want to see a I want to see a rematch. Even though I, Moxie may may lose or whatever, even it, or even if you if you have it as Moxie retains and then set it up for the pay per view, like an Iron Man match or something like that. You know, you set it up for a really big match, but a, a, def, a definitive match. Um, maybe, maybe I don't know. I'm speculating, but I'm excited. I, I, I'm excited. I mean, I'm, I'm excited too, and, and since the prediction isn't official <clears throat> just yet, I'm, I'm gonna say Omega, and then I'll see what happened in between now and December second. Now, if I got to change my mind, <laughs> but uh, all right, man. So next up, we got Dustin Rose, QT Marshall versus Butcher in a Blade in a Bunkhouse match. Okay, so look, let all right. So I'm, I'm, I'm what did I tell you? What did I I'm, tell you? I'm gonna give you your props. This was some cowboy hillbilly, you know, saying farmhouse type shit. And you know what? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. My inner city ass enjoyed the hell out of this country ass match. And I'm gonna be honest, man. So I understood it. Yeah, yeah. We know my grandma from Little Rock, but I can't claim that. You know what I'm saying? I'm from up here, so you know. I, you, know, you know, I'm a, hey, I'm a, I'm a man, city man. country boy, so I, I understood. It, I was, I knew what it was. I didn't know what the match. I didn't know what a bunkhouse match was, but just by the name of, I'm like, this gotta be some cowboy hillbilly. It, it got to be. I, there's gonna be cowbells and and and, and that's as, and as soon as he as soon as he pulled that out from underneath the ring, I'm like, oh, I should take some. Like I told you, they was gonna have a cowbell. I knew it. And, <laughs> I and knew you know, it was crazy. And, you know, it's crazy when I seen the cowboy. I'm like, damn, like, how do you know that? <laughs> I never, did, did not know. Did not know what the hell that match was. Never heard of it before. It was the first time. And like you say, I enjoyed it too. Well, let's do it. Let's let's do a deep dive into the match. So, you know, I was not, once again, another match I was not looking forward to per se. And then the match happened. And I'm like, damn, like, they sold this story really well. Uh, one of the guys that stood out to me in this match was QT Marshall. QT Marshall has kind of been like, kind of like the joke guy, kind of like the R-True type guy in AEW, the funny guy. You know, not really want to be taken too seriously, but in this match, man, to see him get some color, to see Blade get some color, to see the story that Butcher and Dustin told, man. Uh, Dustin, he did have a botched Canadian destroyer. Uh, QT, when he when he did that elbow drop off the twelve foot ladder, I could tell the way he landed, man. He looked like he really did hurt his leg a little bit. Uh, overall, man, place. I I like the bunny in this. She was she was she was being a real bitch, and I you know I mean to be you know yeah, but that's how she was really acting. She was all over the place, just doing everything, everything. And, 
And speaking of Bunny, I like it, man. She she got she got involved in the action too, man. She took a nice right. little bump off the apron through the table. Uh, QT ended up winning via the diamond cutter. Overall, man, this match got a pretty good amount of time. To me, all the spots hit perfectly. The story was told well. And to me, I wouldn't mind seeing where this goes from here. Too cold, man. What did you think of this bunkhouse match? Uh, I, I don't know if I want to see how much farther it goes, but the match itself, to see Dustin Rose still keeping up, like this dude, he took some bumps and he took, you know, he didn't take a lot of the, the huge ones that QT took, but um, he took some nice little bumps, but to see him still be able to go, you know, at the age of, I'm not even sure what age, I know he's like man, late fifties. I, 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 he's gotta be, uh, but to see he's still going is, is, awesome um the match was it was I, I didn't know what to expect from it either uh like you say uh i maybe like another street fight with santana ortiz versus the best friends maybe something like that but and, and it was and it was kind of something like that it was just all around the ring but yeah it was um it was all over the place but it was better than what i thought i i i enjoyed it, it was like i say this was a pretty good episode of a uh, dynamite from top to bottom, yes, sir. <clears throat> All right, so next up, we get a segment. Matt Hardy, the broken one. He says, you know, Sammy Guevara's toughness earned his respect. He says he had to delete Guevara, but in doing so, you know, have no shame. Don't be embarrassed. You know, you will be a bigger star because of it. One thing that Matt Hardy did say was that that chair shot that he took from Guevara some months back, it shook his confidence a little bit. And then if you fast forward, he ended up getting a concussion. Uh, So, too cold, man. It looks from what we've seen later on in the night, it looks like the whole Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara saga is over with. Where do we see Matt going from here? Do we see Matt taking some time off or do we yes. see him? Okay, that's what I was thinking. Yes, I will. He should. He should take some time off. Um, him telling Guevara, you know, he should thank him for giving, you know, allowing him the opportunity to show people why he is as good as he is. And I'm not just that, you know, and, and after looking back on it, because I know my review show, I think I was kind of down on it. But looking back at it, man, it was it it, it was what it was. No, no, get me wrong. But looking back at Guevara and just him and his commitment to just, you know, everything in that match. It. Yeah, man, I got to get my boy crossed. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad the Spanish God is is getting back to you know, being that arrogant asshole that he needs to be. And and, and that's the guy I want to see. Not the guy that was there when he first showed up. The <laughs> dude that was like, like a days ago in his moves and, and doing stuff. Like, he would do the spot, but, you know, he just moved too slow. This Sammy, he's he's picking up the pace. He's hitting yeah. hard. You know, he's being arrogant. I, I, I love the arrogance, but, you know, he's, he's, he's moving at a faster pace, and this is what I want to see from him. So, yeah. Um, Definitely see something coming up. We, we, I, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that when it gets to later. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm hoping this is over. I'm hoping Matt Hardy takes some time off to heal. And yeah, that's that's it. It doesn't need to go any further. All right. Well, let me get to one of my one of my more anticipated moments of the night. Uh, we got Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF. He got inducted to the inner circle. Um, he, you know, he Jericho comes out, he brings out the OGIC. 
obviously, you know, everybody's out except for one Sammy Guevara, which we'll find out later on. He was told, well, he was emailed. First of all, I was kind of curious when he said, you emailed me. Why are you emailing people in 2020? We could have just texted him and said, hey, meet me at the beach. But anywho, so Sammy Guevara apparently. all got emails. They all got two emails, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> so, you know, apparently, you know, they all, they all got met up at, uh, they were supposed to meet up at the beach, but they didn't. Long story short, we got MJF in the ring. Uh, Jericho brings out MJF for Warlow. Uh, MJF says he's been a pro wrestler for a long, hard five years. Said that when he first started, his father gave him a small loan of a million dollars. And if anybody knows, that's a shot at Trump. Uh, and MJF, man, this part, I'm not going to lie. This part had me dead once I realized what the hell he was saying. Uh, MJF said, you know, he got some poetry for his homies and, pride, and for proud, uh, proud and powerful. And uh, he started reciting the lyrics from Big Sean's All Me. And to me, man, it was funny because at first- Ortiz like, damn, was losing it. Dude, because I'm like, I'm, I'm like, damn, this sounds familiar. And then when he hit the All Me, oh, he, he, took, he took Drake part of the All Me. They about to get sued. Okay. <laughs> and then Jericho says, man, that this is the new unstoppable force of AEW. Now make it work. So obviously- you see that there's some tension between the OG IC members and MJF. The only person who seems not to see it is Chris Jericho. So Tuco, man, how do you, oh how do you think that this is going to play in with everybody except Jericho being against MJF and Warlow, but Jericho being so accepting of MJF? I'm I'm okay. So Man, how do I want to start this? Okay, well, okay, I'll do it this way. As far as what MJF was saying, yeah, he was, yeah, he was, he was being that jerk, and Ortiz was losing his mind because he's like, dude, there's no way this dude is being legit, and like, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and Santana and Hager just like, you know, hey man, hey man, relax, relax, it's cool, and, and you know they're trying to calm him down, and then. MJF just continues to keep going, and is and he's like, dude, come, like, come on, man, really? But uh, I liked it that because that that still holds the distinction, uh, the dysfunction that Ortiz, like, some of them, they may not be with it, but they're not as you know far with it as far as uh, Ortiz and Guevara go. And then when we get to Guevara, like you say, find out <clears throat> he got the email to go to the beach, and then uh, which, like you say, it's you know it's Jacksonville, like, why y'all meeting at the beach? Like for what y'all y'all got a show tonight? <laughs> what are we going to the beach for? But I like you say, uh, I, I I definitely see something happening with Guevara and and MJF. Uh, Ortiz may be a part of it. They may this may also be a ploy by Jericho in the inner circle. Uh, just because you know Jericho did lose, it's Jericho. You know even. You know, MJF may have a, a hidden agenda. We know he does. Uh, and I could I could see there being somewhat of a split, but then I could see Jericho getting the getting the best of it in the end. Hmm. Maybe, you know, you just saying we were just using MJF. I mean, hell, he's taking them all to Vegas. And I can't wait to see what Sammy Guevara's flying because his ticket was folded up, crumbled up. He just folded it <laughs> up. Like he, I, everybody else's ticket was all fresh and nice. His was just balled up like I. I, I can't so wait to find out how he flies. I think he's going to be in the cargage hole with the pet. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I, I definitely see, I definitely see Ortiz and uh, Sammy, you know, having, you know, issues 
The other two, they may be on the fence. They may just be liking all the free stuff that he's going to be giving them or whatever, you know, that they can just have him, you know. Yeah, you know, little stuff like that. So, I, I yeah, man, it was uh, it was cool. It was funny. Uh, it's going to be interesting. This is, this is definitely something I, I can't wait to see how this is going to explode and then, you know, resolve itself. Next up, we got a segment from the Young Bucks. You got Matt Jackson who says, you know, they're looking for, for fresh opponents. And so then next week we got a group named Top Flight versus the Young Bucks for the AEW tag titles. I don't know much about Top Flight, but, hey, Matt Jackson put them over. I'm assuming if Matt Jackson said they cool, then damn it, who am right. I to say they not? So just off the strength of Matt Jackson being the Young Buck and the AEW tag team champion, I'm going to go on the limb and say, you know what? I'm going to take a look at it. Why not? All right, man. Next up, we got Sean Spears versus Scorpio Sky. This match, it, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was. A, it was a decent match. Uh, to me, I don't know. I feel like it didn't go as. I, I felt like it was more left for them to do in the match. To me, well, there's more story for them to tell. Yeah, and, and I don't. I don't think they wanted to tell it all in this match. This was just kind of a. Uh, a starting point like you know they kind of had their you know talking beasts you know back and forth this was the match they actually needed to have now with spears cheating to win uh and getting a victory over sky uh this is just some this is just a setup so uh i'm i'm not gonna I, I didn't read too much into it it was the first match they're gonna wrestle again they're gonna try that again, but Sky's gonna get the better of them, and then they're gonna have a you know a one a third you know rubber match or whatever. Uh, this is to push both guys. I mean, but I can see Sky getting a rematch and winning the next match. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's kind of what I took it as. It was like one of those matches where you can tell it was more about the story overall than the match itself. And, and, and like you say, it was, it was definitely a a setup. All right, so then next up, man. Uh, we, of course, we had. The interview with Kenny Omega and Alex Marvez, we went over that already. Uh, the next match after that ended up being Ty Conti versus Red Velvet. Ty Conti in NXT, man, she she really didn't do too much in NXT. She had a couple matches, but this, ma this match versus Red Velvet, I'm not going to say it was the best, but it's, you know what? For me, we've seen Red Velvet in the spurts. We've seen Ty Conti in the spurts. I'm going to take it. We talk about we want to see women on the show. We want we want to see more than the usual suspects, Sheeta, Britt Baker, Nyla Rose all the time. And that's what we got. And the match, it wasn't bad. These women actually got plenty of time, you know, decent spots. Yeah, I mean, a little green, sure. But you know what? Hey, Tony Khan, we, we, we complained. You said you heard us. Hey, we got one. No complaints. Anything too cold? No, good. It was okay. All right. So uh what do we have next all right man we got the main event but before we have the main event we got eddie kingston eddie kingston came out on stage she said you know i quit at full gear and that's something i gotta live with and that's something i gotta deal with but right now we got my best friend my best friend coming out him and his brother two of the best luchadors in the game they about to do it and it's funny because you can see you can you I saw it last week and, you know, a little bit before Eddie planned the seeds. But then on commentary, he definitely made it known who he was rocking without the two. So then Not that, only that, but you found out stuff that we weren't knowing, 
you know, we, now you understand <clears throat> why they had the one on one match. Like you, you got more of an understanding of the, the backstory stuff that we, you know, saying we weren't, you know, seeing. So I well, thought that was kind of nice. Well, 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 too cold, man. Before I, before I do a deep dive into the match, man, for the people who don't know, man, because because things got a little crazy, things got a little heated, things got a little intense. But for two brothers, man, this was personal. So would you please, would you elaborate on the history between Ray and and and, and Penta and why they had this match? Well, I, well, okay. Well, I don't know exactly, but I can kind of guess that by what Kingston had said, you know, you, and you had to listen to what he was saying because apparently he brought up something, you know, that I guess neither one of them were noticing. And that, you know, him being an outside person looking in, you know, it got them both at odds with each other. You know, mm -hmm. you got, you know, Penta and Ray, you know, they, they, they're not seeing eye to eye. They're brothers. You know, brothers, you know, see eye, don't see eye to eye all the time. They fight. They, you know, they have their little squabbles. But um, you got you, you, you pretty much found out that Eddie Kingston is being a manipulator. Now, yes, Penta is his best friend. They know each other for a long time. He's probably more friends within him within Ray Phoenix, but whatever whatever Kingston is doing, whatever the setup is, whatever, because I now my question is, well, what is your plans with the Butcher and the Blade? Because, you know, what are your plans with them? But them seem they seem to be okay. But why are you trying to break up the Lucha Bros? And then uh, and and that's the one thing I I'm I'm not liking about this. I do not want the Lucha Bros broken up. I want them to be tag team champions. And then well I, I'll explain what else I want them to be when, when I get to it, but um, it, it just, okay, so Kingston explaining, you know, he's pointing out things and, you know, and, and it's got them at, you know, got them going at each other and this, is, this isn't just a rematch to see who can win. This is about who's, you can obviously see who's better. And you now got two brothers going at each other, trying to hurt each other, trying to do everything to each other, ripping each other's masks. The masks are sacred. A luchador's mask is sacred in Mexico. And, you know, as, as they say, you know, if you rip, a, a, you know, if you rip off their mask in Mexico during a match, you know, that's a disqualification. You know, that's, you know, that's, that is frowned upon. So to see him tear it apart, not completely, but, you know, just enough to kind of see some of the skin and see the you know, forehead and, you know, kind of what the guy looked like. And then to see him do it to his brother, you know, to see the animosity that, you know, there's a, a bigger, I, I think it's just manipulation. I think it's just Eddie Kingston manipulating something small and making it bigger between two brothers. And he's choosing one over the other. Cause when he got in the ring after Penta, man, I, man, after that suicide dive off the uh, side, you know, not suicide dive, uh, the uh, sunset flip, uh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Off, the, off the side of the rope to the outside. Yeah, and then and do, you know then to drop them again. It's, it's like man, you, you, damn. This was, this was some beef, beef. And then see the Kingston get into the ring, congratulating his friend, but kicking Ray Phoenix out, out the yeah, ring, I'm, like I'm, just shoving him out the ring right quick. And then, you know, and and you know we get Pack back and Pack out of nowhere. Pack is back, and he seems pissed off at Kingston. He sees what's going on. Um, I'm I'm kind of interested to see where that's going to go. They got a match. Well, no, they got a match against uh Pack is back, but he's got a match against the Blade, I believe, next week. Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, I like it was a nice little ending. I just don't want them to break up the Lucha Bros. I mean, I understand they are good as singles competitors. Um, but 
I I I want to see them. I want to see them dominate as a tag team. And if Pack is back, I want the Death Triangle. I I I was I was excited when when I saw that those three were going to team up with each other. So I, if he's coming back, maybe he can come back and maybe fix it, and they can they can maybe it'll be Eddie Kingston and a and a Butcher and a Blade, and then you have Pack and you know and the Lucha Bros, and then. You know, right. you got all these other little teams, Jurassic Express and the best. Now you got your little fraction of the teams and people that you can use and utilize and everybody can go after something, yeah. you know, with Pac in there. They can, he can go after the AEW championship, which is what he wants. You know, one of the Lucha Bros, if they want to, they can go after the TNT championship or they can go after the tag team championship. But you have factions, you have something different going on. And I'm hoping it'll lead to them getting back together and finally getting that. But uh, I don't know. I'm just glad to see Pac is back. I, mm-hmm. I want to see where they're going to go with this Lucha Bros story. And um, yeah, man. Other than that, man, it, it was a, it was this match to me was a little. The pace was better than the first match, uh, mm-hmm. and then the brutality was just off the charts. Uh, it, it just 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 for the stuff that they did to each other that you didn't really expect to see them do. Yeah, like I think for me, and I I don't get shocked easily watch wrestling because there's there's only so much you can do that you haven't seen but every now and again you see some stuff and it's like damn did he just do that i i sensed the hostility from from penta in their last match i sensed it and then i sensed it in this match but when he actually started pulling the mask at first i'm like oh damn he's not gonna he's not gonna really pull his mask and then when I see he actually ripped like the damn mask in half. I'm like, oh, oh, whoa. Like, I was like, oh shit, like, was that supposed to happen? And mm-hmm. then when, you know, then when Ray returned the favor, I'm like, oh, oh, this match is about to get ugly real quick. And then when he hit that package, this is personal, personal. And then when he and then when Penta hit that package power driver on a ring apron before he hit that sunset flip, I'm like, ooh. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then after that, so that's two power drivers, if you can include the sunset flip, then it ended with a third one in the ring. I'm like, okay, it, did you see when he did that reverse, like a reverse headlock into a power driver? Crazy, crazy. But, yeah, like you said, man, that was cool. I'm looking forward to I, I'm, I'm upset that they're splitting them up this early. But, I mean, you just started it now, so I guess now we kind of got to go through it and, Hopefully and they'll be back as tag team sooner than later. But like you said, Pac did come back, which was the story of the night, man. He came back. He like you said, he got some hostilities towards Eddie Kingston. So I'm really, really curious. Maybe we might get a program with Pac and Eddie Kingston. You never know. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, we are gonna wrap up the AEW portion of the review. Uh, we're going to actually come back to you guys in another video. So please make sure, man, to check that out after this one. We're going to wrap up this one and start with the NXT. So as always, man, it's yours truly, the 27-year-old piece of gold. He's too cold. We'll see you when we see you, and hopefully that's in the next video. Peace. Deuces.